You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And this is episode 65. Yeah. Hello, my gruesome addicts. Thanks for joining us for another episode. And let's get into it. Are you ready, Eric? Yep. <laughs> All right. You probably know this name, but we're going to be talking about John Benet Ramsey. Oh, shit. Do you know anything about this case at all? Uh, probably not as much as you do at all. Um... I try not to read about horrible things in life, so... Yeah, that's true. Um, she's a little girl that yes. was murdered, supposedly, by her parents? Well, that's a theory. We're going to get into a lot of different theories, because okay. it is still a unsolved case to this day. But there's been new leads are coming out with, new evidence, I guess, or, you know, a suspect. Was she in those, like, a... Kids pageant beauty contests yeah. and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. A beauty pageant and stuff like that. Her mom was one in them when she was a child, so she started putting her in them. But yeah, yeah, we're on the right, we're on the right page. All right. So John Benet Patricia Ramsey was born on August 6, nineteen ninety, to her mother Patricia Ramsey, but she went by Patsy. So I'll just be referring to her as Patsy, and John Bennett Ramsey in Atlanta, Georgia. She was their second child, as they had her older brother Burke Ramsey. January 27th, 1987. So her first name is a combination of her father's first name and middle name, John Benet, you know. And then um, her middle name is her mother's name, Patricia. Weird. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. So. Yeah. Name your daughter John. But it was, yeah, I know you're right. Like a combination of his first name and middle name. You really think it was like her mom or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. So John Ramsey was the president of Access Graphics, which was a computer software company. In 1991, John and Patsy decided they wanted to move to Boulder, Colorado, where his Access Graphics headquarters was located. So they moved into a home at 755 15th Street in Boulder, Colorado. This house was pretty massive. It has five bedrooms and eight baths. It is a total of 7,240 square feet. As of today, I'm pretty sure somebody lives there, but you can buy the house for $6,249,000. Yeah, it's a huge-ass house. So this house on Zillow describes the house as, quote, modernized 1920s estate in an epic boulder location on three lots, stunning curb appeal with amazing flat iron views, 7,240 square feet of elegant living areas, impressive rooms with east, south, and west exposure, filling the home with natural light, luxurious Gourmet kitchen, catering kitchen, mature landscaping, expansive brick patio, gorgeous gardens, towering trees, gated for privacy and within walking distance to CU and Chautauqua Park. A CU, I'm guessing, is maybe like a university or something. Probably like Colorado um, University. Yeah, probably something like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Outstanding hiking and world-class concerts. Relax in the 1,141 square foot top floor penthouse primary suite with two full baths, fireplace, intricate millwork, incredible flat iron city views. Second floor features four bedrooms, two suites with one private deck, game room with large terrace and full bathroom, spacious lower level with stone accents, media room, wet bar, wine cellar, fireplace and half bath, surrounded by luxury homes, a beautiful stroll to Pearl Street shops, restaurants, CU, 
and easy access to Denver, an impressive Boulder estate with timeless appeal and an unbeatable location, unquote. Wow. <laughs> um, is this a realty podcast? <laughs> The house is very important. Are you getting a percentage on the sale? <laughs> Maybe after this, I will. Okay. <laughs> it has a lot, a lot to do with. The, I know. What kind of wood was it built with? It was built with. <laughs> you don't know that shit. <laughs> oh, but you know, a lot of shit. It's pretty crazy. It's a pretty big house for what? The four of them. I don't know, but. Anyways, so when John Bonet was old enough to start kindergarten, John and Patsy enrolled her at High Peaks Elementary School, located in Boulder, Colorado. I believe it was around the same time when she was six years old that her mother entered her into various child beauty pageants, as you know, I was saying early, earlier, Patsy had done them when she was a child as well. And John Bonet seemed to love them. She ended up winning several pageants, such as America's Royal Miss, Little Miss Charleville, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. So, the, you know, at this point, the family was thriving in Boulder. They were loving it. So we come to Christmas Day, December 25th, 1996. JonBenet, like again, like I said, she's six years old. Her older brother is nine. And they're super stoked, right? It's Christmas morning, ready to open presents. And JonBenet, one of her gifts was a bike that year. So she was super, super stoked for that. Um, and then later on that night, a family friend by the name of Fleet White was throwing a Christmas party. So they attended that. The Ramsey family then returns home and they all go to bed. There was also a theory that after she went to bed, she may have snuck back downstairs and like maybe fought with her brother over like a late night, late night snack of pineapple. <laughs> and there was some evidence of that, but we'll talk about that later. So the next morning, December 26, 1996, around 5 or 5.30 a.m., John Monet's mother, Patsy, gets up to make herself some coffee when she's walking down the stairs and discovers a two-and-a-half-page handwritten ransom note on the staircase that was leading to the kitchen that was on the main floor. This is what that note said. Quote, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997 you must follow our instructions to the letter you will withdraw $118,000 from your account $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 will be in $20 bills make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank when you get home you'll put the money in a brown paper bag I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery the delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you earlier to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. But first they wrote earlier delivery, but then crossed it out and wrote pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement, countermeasures, and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. 
follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You're not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. S-B-T-C. That's the longest ransom letter I think I've ever yeah. read. That's kind of weird. That was a big thing. After they uh, got this, you know, like saw this letter, they were like, wow, this is really long. <laughs> it's yeah. not normal. So um, once Patsy noticed that John Bonet was in fact not in her bed and she decided to go against what the ransom note said about contacting authorities. I mean, you know, by this time, John is awake panicking too. So Patsy decided she's going to call 911. It was 5.52 in the morning. So a little over 20 minutes after waking up and finding the note. So this is that 911 call. 's she's fucking terrified and everything but there's one point that you can kind of hear the opera you know she's like Patsy Patsy because she thought she hung up the phone but she it was never disconnected so at one point it even says like you can hear it sounds like Patsy saying help me Jesus help me Jesus and in the background you can't really hear it, but it's a male voice saying we're not speaking to you and then it sounds like a child's voice saying what did you find so and this is before the police even arrived at the house mm-hmm. so it does a little weird you know but Oh, she seems sincere about it. So Patsy, obviously freaking out. Um, she also called friends and family after she called 911. So within three minutes of calling 911, two police officers show up and did a cursory search of their home, but found no sign of forced entry. Officer Rick French, who was one of the officers that arrived at the Ramsey house that morning, um, he went and was you know searching around the home. He came across a basement door, but it had like a secured wooden latch on it. And he, I don't know, he just like didn't even attempt to open it and he just kept walking by. So that's kind of weird. But while the search was on for John Bonet, John started, her father started to make arrangements in order to pay the ransom because he wanted to get his daughter back, you know. So a forensic team was sent to the home and upon arrival, they believed that John Bonet had been kidnapped. Her room was the only thing blocked off in their house in order to like prevent contamination of evidence, but no precautions were taken in order to prevent contamination in the rest of the house. 
which is weird. Wouldn't you just like block off the whole house and yeah. have nobody enter the and house, right? Go through every single fucking exactly. room and nook and cranny in that thing. Right, exactly. So, in fact, friends, victim advocates, the Ramsey's family minister arrived at the home to show for like family support. And this is what <laughs> blows my mind as well. Some of the visitors that morning started to pick up things and clean services in the kitchen was like, duh, there could possibly be evidence there. Like they just pretty much destroyed it all. Like they, nobody told them to stop cleaning stuff and like moving stuff around. So weird. So it's like, yeah, I was just wrote down like this one part of the case that I just like don't understand. Like you would think it's the number one thing you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> So it is now 8 a.m., the time the kidnapper or kidnappers were supposed to call, right? They said between 8 and, what was it? It said, I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. So by this time, Detective Linda Arndt was um, at the home anticipating this call, but no one ever called to collect the $118,000. There was no call at all. So it was weird, right? So not really. I mean, in the ransom note, they said if you call police or contact anything, they're they're <gasps> surveillancing the area. Very true. So like when they saw the police, you know, there. maybe they just maybe they just killed her. Yeah, that's true. And then they were just like, oh, well, you called like authorities. Like, yep. told you not to do that. That's yeah. That's true. I didn't think about that. Very true. And this is another weird thing in this case too. Is around one p.m. The same detective Linda asked John Ramsey and Fleet White, who was at the home to like see if there was anything that seemed to miss fleet white if you remember he was the host of the party the night of christmas mm-hmm. and um which i thought that was kind of weird too because like fleet didn't live there he was just a neighbor like how would he know if anything was amiss unless he was over there like every freaking day or something you know i just thought that was weird but maybe just to help him out i don't know so john and fleet begin looking around the home in search of john's missing daughter when John goes to that basement door, the same one that Officer Rick French went to, but never opened and just walked away. So John's like, I'm going to go in there and check it out. So this is where he found his six-year-old baby girl in one of those rooms down there. Below a small open window, which appeared that maybe someone had broken into. Her mouth was covered in duct tape. A nylon cord was found around her wrists and neck, and her torso was covered with a white blanket. Further contaminating the scene... Duh. John takes the duct tape off of her mouth, picks her up, and moves her. Well, it's your kid at the same time. How would True. you how would True. you react in that moment? True, but once you like you at the same want, time, like you know, I wouldn't want to see my you know child left like that. Absolutely, I'd no, probably absolutely. do that. Not you don't even think about that. Oh yeah, I'm, I mean, I've heard I a mean, lot of cases. You where... think about things like that. Well, yeah, I yeah I, yeah. I mean, I can <laughs> see where you're coming from. I can see definitely see where you're coming from. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of weird. You just want to like. Make sure you I'm just going figure against everything your you're saying. <laughs> no. Sorry, devil's advocate right here. <laughs> no. You know, yeah, very much about that. But I thought it was weird. <laughs> so while performing the autopsy of John Bonet, the Ramsey family provided handwriting, blood, and hair samples to the police. This is all three of them. Yeah, of course. Patsy, the father, and Burke. John and Patsy did an interview for more than two hours, like months after her death. While Burke also did an interview within like the first couple of weeks after his sister's death. And here's a, a clip of Burke talking about what had happened to his sister that night with like a child psychologist. Um, and after she stated that he was normal, he just seemed like a little shy and quiet kind of ish, and that the Ramsey family had a healthy, caring family relationship. But uh, yeah, here's a clip of Burke when he was a kid. So, what they tell you about why they wanted you to come talk to me? See if they can find who. You know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, let me tell you a couple things first. My job is partly to get to know you as best as I can, um, and make sure that you're okay, because things are kind of been hard, I imagine. Okay. Are you going to school? No, because I'm trying to stay away from the press. My friend said that after school, there's all these meaty people waiting there going, Hello, hello, uh, did you see Burke in class today? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. I think he was absent. Huh? Oh, thanks. Huh. <laughs> so do you feel like you're pretty safe? Yeah. Yeah? You ever worry about it? Not really. No? I'm just destroying my Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Any secrets, do you think? Um... I probably do, mm -hmm. but I don't remember. Yeah. And if I did remember any, I don't think I'd tell you. Why not? I'm a good person to tell secrets too. Because they're secrets. That's true. But things changed at your house a lot? Um uh, a lot, yeah. Yeah, what's changed? Well, you know, the police have it blocked off and stuff. Yeah. Well, what about for you and your parents? Okay. Well, you know, parents are sometimes crying. Yeah. I'm um, um, basically just going on with my life, mm -hmm. you know. What do you think happened? I know what happened. <laughs> I mean, when she got killed. How do you think that happened? Um, I think, well, I, I, I asked my dad where did they find her body, and my dad, my dad said I found it down in the basement, and so I, I, I think that someone took her very quietly, and Mm -hmm. Took her down the basement, mm -hmm. and then maybe took a knife out, and went, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. or, you think that's how she died? Or maybe a hammer mm -hmm. in the head, maybe. So what did your parents tell you about your sister dying? Well, I just, then uh, when I got there to the house where we were kind of, you know, type thing, but my dad said, John is in heaven now. Mm-hmm. Just got burst into tears. How bad? How are you dealing with it now? Mm -hmm. I, I kind of forget about it because I'm just going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just playing your video games all the time. Go, 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 go. go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, I think, 13 days after his sister was murdered. So, I don't know, kind of interesting hearing his side of it, only being nine years old. Yeah. You know, when this happened. How do you process that at a, that age? Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. And I just like funny how, not funny, but I was just like, oh, I just tried not to think about it. I just play my Nintendo. And it was just like, you know, such a yeah. kid thing to do, I guess. Yeah. So the autopsy comes back and revealed that John Bonet had been killed by strangulation and a skull fracture. The official cause of death was asphyxia by strangulation associated with craniocebral trauma. So police thought if not the Ramseys and whoever the killer killers were broke into their home through maybe like that basement window because it was found open mm -hmm. and you know went in there went up to her room somehow hit her in the head of something knocked her out knocked I have something to say about that uh, so they went through the basement you said there was a wooden Supposedly, latch locked yeah. on the basement door yeah is it on the outside of the door or the inside of the door it was on the outside so like how, that police officer never so how would I'm oh, saying how would the burglar room. open that door then Mm, good point. Unless it was already open and somehow they closed it yeah, after they did it. Maybe. But then if, how do you close it from the inside? And then you go back down and it's locked and she's in there? Yeah. So that's, huh. that's, that's pretty weird. weird. Now I'm wondering, is there a lock on the inside too? I didn't read anything about that. I only uh -huh. read about this latch on the... Damn! Uh, no. Look at you, little investigator. 
But so that's what I kind of read. That's funny that you say that now. The way that you really look at sense. me right now when you said investigator <laughs> was like so sexualized. <laughs> stop. And stop. You stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, they thought maybe, you know, knocked her out, went back downstairs. And then that's where they strangled her. But there was no evidence of like rape, although sexual assault could not be ruled out because there was evidence of a vaginal injury. The pathologist recorded that it appeared her vaginal area had been wiped with a cloth and her death was ruled a homicide. I know. Um, <laughs> be the worst the look right now. I know. I know. A garrote was made from nylon cord and the broken handle of a paintbrush was tied around her neck, which seemed to be what was used to strangle her. Part of the bristle end of the paintbrush was located in a tub along with some of Patsy's art supplies, although the third part of the paintbrush has never been found. And they think it, you know, may have been used to sexually assault her, that paintbrush handle. The autopsy also revealed that a, quote, vegetable or fruit material, which may represent pineapple, unquote, was found, you know, in her stomach. Like I was saying, she... A little midnight snack or whatever yeah. that... So the theory makes sense whether she fought with her brother or not, I don't know. But she did eat pineapple that night. And there's actually a picture of a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. And of course, I'll post all these pictures you know, on my social media. So, I mean, there's, you know, it seems she did eat it, right, that night. Um, Patsy and John said they didn't remember putting the bowl of pineapple on the table or even feeding it to John Bonet. However, on the bowl was Burke's fingerprints, her brother's. I don't know. It's a little weird. <laughs> One thing that's weird to me may not be to others, but like John and Patsy said that Burke slept through pretty much everything that morning. He, like he never went out of his room. He never really woke up to like come be like, what's going on? But it was like after like several, several hours that he, uh, you know, police were there that he finally was like coming out of his room. Like what the fuck's going on? Well, he probably didn't say that because he's nine years old, but he's like, what's going on? You know? So it's just, I don't know. It's a little weird thing, but Boulder police initially were focusing on the Ramsey family as suspects. Even Burke, her older brother, was a suspect. The Not really a suspect. I guess he's nine years old, but they were kind of like questioning, I guess, some things. The Ramseys did offer a $100,000 reward in a newspaper. By October 1997, there were over 1,600 people on the list of persons of interest in the case. Um, here is a clip. It's kind of a little long clip, but it's an uh, interview with John and Patsy after their daughter's death. Like I was saying, they didn't do an interview, I think, five months or so after her death because they were a little they weren't really like cooperating in the beginning of everything. So here's that clip here. To those of you who may want to ask, let me address very directly. I did not kill my daughter, John Bonet. Uh, there have also been innuendos that she has, has been or was sexually molested. I can tell you those were the most hurtful uh, innuendos uh, to us as a family. Uh, they are totally false. Uh, John, Bonet, John Bonet and I had a very close uh, relationship. Uh, I will miss her dearly for the rest of my life. I'm Patsy Ramsey, John Bonet's mother. And I'm grateful that we are finally able to meet together face to face. I'm appalled that anyone would think that John or I would be involved in such a hideous, heinous crime. But let me assure you that I did not kill Jean Benet. 
I did not have anything to do with it. I love that child with my whole of my heart and soul. Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey, what do you want to say to the killer of your daughter? We'll find you. We will find you. I have that as a sole mission for the rest of my life. Mrs. Ramsey? Likewise. The uh, police and investigators have assured us that this is a case which can be yes. solved. You know, you may be eluding the authorities for a time, but God knows who you are, and we will find you. I think one of the issues that uh, was distressing to us, and it, it perhaps caused some bias uh, of opinion, is why did we bring lawyers uh, into this uh, process early on? And I can tell you both how that happened and, and why it happened. Uh, the how uh, is that uh, on the day after uh, the tragedy, uh, we were being consoled by friends and uh, family. And um, a close friend of mine, who was also a, a practicing attorney, uh, took me aside and said, John, I see some things developing here that uh, uh, I would like to ask your permission to do some things that I think are necessary to be done. And I said, fine, do it. And so he uh, retained counsel for, for Patsy and I. And uh, we later learned, uh, and really later was uh, really the next few days, that uh, the reason he did this is that uh, sadly for our country, uh, most uh, tragedies of this nature, uh, the, the killing of a child, uh, apparently in, in the majority of cases are family related. And I think that's a, that's, a, that's a tragic statement for our country. But because we were the parents of John Monet, we were automatically uh, put in the suspect pool. And so to not have uh, knowledgeable counsel, uh, uh, my close friend felt would be foolish. <clears throat> now we also at that time, uh, as a parent, I looked at uh, retaining of attorneys. Uh, we also brought in a, a couple of investigative firms, some experts uh, uh, that we assembled. Uh, I felt a very helpless uh, uh, feeling uh, as to how, what can I do to, uh, to help solve this case. Uh, I, had it been in my power, I would have called out the National Guard, frankly. So we, as we looked at this group of people that we pulled together, it was not only to uh, uh, advise us uh, in this process, but hopefully to assist the investigation to a uh, closure. We have spoken with the police. Uh, we spoke with the police approximately eight hours on the 26th, uh, another two hours on the 27th. Um, have supplied them uh, with every piece of information we have. Uh, so the, the uh, impression that we haven't spoken with the police is, is totally false. What we have, uh, what has been delayed uh, has been this formal interrogation of us as suspects. And frankly, we uh, were, uh, as you might imagine, insulted that we would even be considered suspects in the death of our daughter and um, felt that an interrogation of us was, was a waste of our time and a waste of the police's time. But because they have to do this, we uh, were willing to do it, but uh, not under um, uh, any circumstance that uh, was presented to us. You know, we would like to think that we 
don't know anyone that we have ever met in our lives who could do such a thing to a child. You know, but they talked with us and said, please tell us names of people, you know, who may have been in your home at any time. You know, just, we just outpoured information just as much as, as we could try to remember. But, you know, no one specifically came to mind. I mean, you can't imagine such a horrible thing ever happening, much less somebody that you may know. You know, at first we were, um shocked uh, and then outraged and then we understood statistically uh, that's a, a sad state of affairs that that's apparently in the majority of cases like this uh, in our country uh, family members or parents are ultimately involved and um, uh, so we accepted uh, being uh, suspects uh, but um, what concerned us, uh, and, and certainly still does concern us, uh, uh, at least up till yesterday, is that um, any time spent looking at us is time that's wasted. And, uh, and that, in part, is why we brought in an investigative team as well, too. So, yeah, that was that clip of them just kind of, like, saying, like, hey, we didn't kill our daughter. Like, somebody else is out there. And, you know, we don't want to let those this intruder possibly get away, right? Because you guys are focusing on us. <laughs> So about six months after JonBenet's death, the Ramseys moved to Atlanta, where they bought a new home after they went on a vacation retreat to, uh, to Michigan. Lou Smith, who was a detective that assisted the Boulder County District Attorney's Office with JonBenet's case, he found evidence that pointed away from the Ramseys, but that was enough, enough to charge the police department's mind about the family you know, being involved. A grand jury was brought together because they were considering indicting the Ramseys for charges related to the case. In 1999, the grand jury returned with a true bill to charge the Ramseys with placing John Monet at risk in a way that led to her death and with obstructing an investigation of murder because John, you know, tampered with the crime scene when he picked up his daughter and moved the duct tape. See, that's all fucked up. Like, I know, There's I know. no proof of them doing it. Either, yeah. I mean, you haven't, you haven't talked about, like, what, what would the purpose be? What are they getting out of murdering her? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. What's the motive of all of this? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah. So I don't know. I think that kind of sucks. And then you said they uh, went on a vacation mm -hmm. retreat to Michigan. But mm -hmm. wouldn't you want to get from away from all the media and all the people asking you questions? Get your son out of that school because everyone's fucking bugging him. True. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, look at the media's already Maybe at it wasn't a vacation. School? Maybe it was just a fucking house to rent to go mourn or a hotel just to get away from everybody. No, for sure. Absolutely. Because like, even so, Burke was saying in the interview. And I'm not like, defending anyone. I'm just saying. No, no. Yeah. They always look at the people that are closest to him. Like when, in every murder, they look at the husband first, mm -hmm. the parents, you know, the brother, whoever's living with them. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know. For sure. Because no, most cases are with people that close to that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like the Burke was saying, he was like, you know, tampering. there's all this media outside my school and outside exactly. the house. And it's like, you just know, want to get away from that. To, yeah. And then the whole thing about tampering uh -huh. with stuff. Like, uh -huh. like, like I said, if you saw your child duct tape with the mouth and stuff around them, wouldn't you want to like take that all, all, the, all that off of them? And yeah. I've never been in that them? situation. So yeah, that's what I, yeah. that's where my mind would be. For sure. Like, I don't sure. want them. But the friends I'm cleaning like, the I'm kitchen. I'm not going to stand in there like, oh, fuck, there's my kid. No one touch it. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, for you're sure. not going <laughs> to... For sure. So to yeah. indict them in that is just, I yeah. don't know, kind of shitty. Yeah. 
but they weren't prosecuted. Like nothing ever came came out of it because it was believed Imagine that they the not feeling made. of a parent. I'm sorry, I'm no, cutting no, you no, off. For sure, Imagine the feeling of a parent sure. losing a kid to a murder in the yes. worst fucking way, uh-huh. and then everyone pointing a finger at you. Oh, I would. That would be just livid. Yeah, that would. You would not want to. Why would you want to cooperate with yeah. any police or anything like that? Absolutely, no, for sure. I totally, I totally agree with that. And yeah, they were not prosecuted because it was believed that they did not meet the higher standard of proving guilty beyond a reasonable doubt that is required for a criminal conviction. So you're not the only one that thought that way. So on December 26, 2002, seven years to the day that John Binet was found, Mary Lacey, a Boulder County District Attorney, took over the investigation. Five months later, she believed that the evidence was, quote, more consistent with a theory that an intruder murdered John Binet than it was a theory that Miss Ramsey did. During all of this, Patsy was dealing with ovarian cancer, and unfortunately, she passed away in 2006 wow. at the age of 49, not ever knowing what happened to her daughter. I know, so fucking sad. On July 9th, 2008, the DA's office announced that as a result of newly developed DNA sampling and testing techniques, known as touch DNA analysis to be exact, the Ramsey family was officially excluded as suspects in the case. So, Jomine's case is still considered a cold case and remains an open investigation with the Boulder Police Department. Um, so, I'm sure a lot of you have seen this one. This is an interview with Burke. I believe he was in his 20s now, September of 2016. So, I'm going to play this clip. But a lot of people think it's a weird interview, and I can totally see it because he's smiling and he kind of laughs throughout the interview. But, like, you're kind of being devil advocate, you know, it's like, that's going to be so uncomfortable. And, you know, we're talking about your sister's death and everyone kind of looking at him may, you know, may having been involved in her murder or whatever. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people think it's weird, but um, I mean, I can see why I, you know, I may have done the same thing. <laughs> but here's that clip. I remember the casket was small and her eyes were closed. I think one of her eyes was a little bit like droopy or something. I thought that was weird. How did you feel seeing her? A lot of sadness. I don't think I really fully grasped. Like, after this, I won't see her again. The next thing I remember, and my dad came and told me, JonBenet is in heaven now. And he started crying. Then I started crying. Did you hit your sister over the head with a baseball bat or a flashlight? Absolutely not. Critics would say you weren't curious because you already knew. He didn't have to get up and go check because he knew exactly what had happened. I mean, I didn't know if there was some bad guy downstairs and my dad was chasing off with a gun so yeah i just you know do you see how he kind of smiles throughout the thing but it seems like more uncomfortable yeah. like awkward kind of exactly not like ha, ha, ha i killed my sister now i'm getting interviewed you know like it doesn't seem like that yeah but so let's get into like some theories of what may have happened what let's people are it. talking about so the first theory is like we've been talking about her parents or brother being involved um john ramsey actually received that almost the exact bonus that same amount the year prior which was $118,000 as a bonus so that's you know weird that someone exactly at his work found out maybe yeah or like that's what they were saying like he he knows how much he got right like so he's gonna write like oh you know I got $118,000 a bonus maybe I'll just do that because maybe you know but maybe somebody knows how much I got as a bonus but like really he's the one that wrote the letter or actually they think Patsy wrote the letter uh-huh yeah uh I don't, why would he do that? I don't know. Because, well, another theory is that, um, that Patsy got mad at JonBenet after she wet the bed and she hit her really hard. 
So they had to cover up the murder of her. Like she hit her so hard that she killed her kind of thing. So they had to strangle, like strangle her to show that like that's how she died. And it was a murder. So then they wrote this letter and came up with this whole plan to hmm. prove that they were involved. It's a, it's a big thing that people talk about. I know. I don't, I'm not really into But the whole, hunt, I'm saying like, why would he put down 118,000? Cause he got that the year before. That just seems weird and stupid. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, but people so that, think that to me that seems like someone at his work found out mm-hmm. what he got prior, yeah. and they did that shit. Because they talk about his business, how they respect his <clears throat> business and all yeah. this stuff. It was like, why would you talk about that? Yeah, exactly. That was weird. Yeah, and then another thing is that um, Patsy was the only one not cleared of writing that ransom note. Like John and Burke was, but like her writing was so similar, kind of similar. Like she never really was like cleared of like <laughs> yeah. So it was like another weird thing. Um, and like I was saying, the Ramseys were not initially cooperative because they thought that they would be suspects right away. And like, they don't want, they didn't want to be the attention because they wanted to make sure that the police were focusing on like a possible intruder, you know? Yeah. So that's why they didn't really cooperate in the beginning. Um, people thought Burke did it after getting mad at his sister for like maybe the whole pineapple thing or something. He got mad at his sister and just like, you know, blew up about it and killed his own sister. And strangled her with a wire. Yeah, I know. That seems like duct tape her mouth. That seems... Like, like not a nine-year-old, a nine-year-old a nine-year-old would do, old. but you know, there's there's crazier things that have happened. We've talked about her murder, what Mary Bell. She was like six, or yeah. well, she's really young. <laughs> but yeah, then there's the intruder theory because at the crime scene there was an unidentified boot mark left in the basement room, like on the floor, where her body was found. Hmm. Yeah, so persons of interest included a neighbor by the name of Bill McReynolds who played like Santa Claus. <laughs> So that was like a theory. Chris Wolf was a local reporter and his girlfriend actually reported him as being the suspect. So they kind of looked into him. The family housekeeper, Linda Hoffman, she was a suspect because she was, you know, the housekeeper for the, you know, being there for the house or whatever. Michael Helgoth, who died of an apparent suicide right after JonBenet's murder. And there was actually 38 registered sex offenders living within a two mile or 3.2 kilometer radius of their home. So that's a little scary. Just, you know, just throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Possible people. But there was also a false confession by John Mark Carr, who was arrested in Thailand on August 15, 2006, for the murder of John Benet. He claimed he drugged her, sexually assaulted her, but, you know, accidentally killed her. But first, there were no drugs found in her body. She didn't appear to be sexually assaulted or like sexually or like raped or whatever, you know. <laughs> and he provided like basic information that you can get from the news. So he was literally like, no, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the DNA they had found on her body didn't match him either. And there are also rumors of like a man at these pageants that may have been watching her. Creepy ass man going to see these little kids doing these beauty pageants, right? Yeah. It could be possible. Um, I'm just going to play one more clip of like a professional. I think he's like a private investigator or something, but he's talking about all the new you know, all this new technology now, like what, there's like Golden State Killer, there's all these, look, the Lisk, the Lang, Long Island serial killer, like they're all getting caught now because of all this new technology and stuff. So he's kind of talking about all this. And it was just of uh, September 26, 2023, this year that they're talking about that. So here's this little clip. And joining us now is Jason Jensen. He is a licensed private investigator with a background in the Jean Benet case. Uh, Jason, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Got to ask, what do you make of these new reports? Well, thanks for having me, Gotti. Uh, yes, it's it's enlightening, and it's you know it's, it's a promise that they have kept with the family for all these years. It's nice to see that they're making good on it, uh, given the fact that there were some pieces of evidence that weren't tested. They were waiting for technology 
to advance to such a level where it wouldn't be consumed and lost forever. So I think we're at that point now where they're going to get some results and maybe some of the test results will yield new persons of interest as it's being hinted. And those are definitely uh, people that they'll explore. I'm hoping that they're, what they're doing is genetic genealogy because that has been proven uh, starting with the, you know, the, the Golden State Killer to be an effective tool in, in investigating cold cases. What about the DNA testing and, and things like genetic genealogy uh, that have changed over the course of the last 27 years? And, and how do you see that playing into this case? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the old technology was STR and being compared to CODIS, which was, you know, only covering about 12 percent of the criminal uh activity out there and you had to have a conviction in order to have a profile to compare to on CODIS. So given uh, the fact that they're using genetic genealogy, which is, you know, a familial DNA, they're going to have to start from scratch because STR can't be applied in uh, genetic genealogy. They need to use SNPs. And starting from scratch, I mean, you're not just talking about starting from scratch uh, from a DNA perspective. You're also starting from scratch from a list of names that is going to grow exponentially when you take into consideration everybody's family and the amount of pieces of DNA evidence that, that were collected here, right? So all of a sudden, we're looking 20-some years later, massive dragnet, right? Yes, yes. They're going to have to have probably a team in order to go through this uh, uh, with investigators and genealogists because they have to work in tandem where the, uh, the genealogists will build a family tree and then the investigators have to go collect comparable samples as a re reference in order to make sure that there is some kind of matchup. Now, I want to ask about this guy, Gary Oliva, who is someone who is already in prison for child porn, he's in the past, uh, I believe, claimed that he was the killer. Uh, there's some new handwriting analysis out about the ransom note that was found that, that you've been looking into. Uh, do you think that it could be this guy, Gary? Well, it's, it's highly probable that uh, he had something to do with this because hmm. we've had two uh, handwriting experts that have compared handwriting samples of Gary Oliva from the mid-1990s, which is the time frame that the ransom note was written, and they they are a, a very good match. On a 1 to 5 scale, we've gotten a 1.5 as a conclusion from the, the, the experts. And, you know, when, we, when it comes to the advances that we've seen with with DNA and analyzing DNA, again, you've got this massive dragnet. You've got a name that's going to be most likely prominently at the top of the list. Do you think that from the advances that we've seen, those could connect Gary to, to, uh, to what happened? In an ideal world, that's kind of what we're hoping for, right? Because he's been confessing it throughout the, the decades. Uh, we have a good handwriting comparison. If DNA does not lead to him, we risk the potential of reasonable doubt for somebody who does get named and charged for this crime. Here's just hoping for a resolution of this case that has haunted the nation for such a long time. Jason Jensen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting and hopefully, fuck, I hope we 
find out who this person or persons is in our lifetime. Because I think this is one of the biggest cases that everybody wants to know the answer to. For sure. Right. So she was buried at St. James Episcopal Cemetery in Marietta, Georgia on December 31st of 1996. JonBenet was buried next to her half-sister, I did not mention this, Elizabeth Ramsey, who had actually died in a car crash nearly five years earlier at 22 years old. So John was actually previously married and had Elizabeth with her, her, you know, ex, or his ex-wife, and then they divorced after her death and he met Patsy. So Patsy is also buried next to John Binet. So it's Elizabeth, Patsy, and John Binet. Wow. I know, really sad. Kind of weird that he lost two daughters too. But I mean, obviously she was at a car crash. I think she was a boyfriend. And a wife. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's going to be devastating. And then having, you know, deal with all that afterwards. But John did remarry in 2011. December 8, 28, 2016, Burke Ramsey's lawyer sought $250 million in damages and $500 million in punitive damages towards CBS because of they were is pretty much defamation of character. Yeah. They were just like solely blaming this on Burke. Totally. Like, just, like, just pointing the finger at him and stuff. So they made, like, I mean, yeah, I was saying they made a documentary pretty much accusing Burke of killing his sister. But he has since gone on to change his name, but only his did first Did he win name. that case? Uh, it is said that he that he did win some of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he went on to change his name, but only his first name. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It's just me. But it's like Ramsey's such. I feel like such a well known name to people because of this case, because yeah. of her name. But it's like, why wouldn't you change your last name too? But I mean, that's his last name and his family's name. Yep. Why would you want to change it? But that is the story and update of John Benet Ramsey. Do you have any other theories or thoughts? I don't. I mean, said what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I. No one really knows. I know. Yeah, exactly. I really don't think the family was involved. I think just a terrifying thing that happened to them. And I'm kind of leaning towards like a neighbor or like somebody that was at like her page- pageants or something that like. I'm leaning towards something to do with his job. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. knowing the hundred eighteen thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that again that he said that he respected his job. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm just, I I hope we find out the answers to this case in our lifetime. Because I'm dying to know. But yeah, they said that they have a new maybe possible suspect. So I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. It sucks. What media will do to the family? Oh my God, for sure. In so many. And I'm not saying because like, no one knows what exactly happened. Yeah. I'm not saying who did it or anything like that. But if they didn't do it, it, it just sucks that the, you always hear the media tearing apart the family. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And I just, um, on X, formerly known as Twitter, um, I forget his name, what he changed it to, but Burke came out saying, like, oh, it's been this many years, it's been a nice run, because, like, of all this new stuff, new technology, everything coming out now, like, they're, again, they're bringing his name up and everything, and he was out of the spotlight for so long, because it's been so many years now, so it's like, now he's like, oh, here we go again, and it's just like, now he has to deal with it again, and that sucks, so I see what you're saying, so. So yeah, that's that's the story of John Benet. Rate, review, tell a friend. Let us know your theories and thoughts on this case because I would absolutely love to hear them. And that's about it. Until next Monday, stay safe and be aware. Peace.